You can have a seat. Good morning once again. Uh, just because I love you all so dearly and, and deeply, and I'm so excited to see you here today, and I know that you're not checking church off for the week, um, that you will be here tomorrow as well. I know some of you are thinking that this qualifies as your Christmas Eve service. It does not. There will be great stuff going on tomorrow as well, and it will be completely different because I've never done a sermon the same because I'm not that smart. But I decided to get you a Christmas present. I know, I I know. I shouldn't have, and you didn't get me anything, but that's okay. Um, Today, uh, when you leave, leave the chairs there. Just, you don't need to put the chairs up today. Merry Christmas. And I was like, you really got us something? This is another vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem will become the most important place on earth. People from all over the world will go there to worship. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Israel. There he will teach us his ways so that we may obey him. For in those days, the Lord's teaching And his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will settle international disputes. All the nations will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. All wars will stop and military training will come to an end. Come, people of Israel, let us walk in the light of the Lord. We have been walking uh, through the, the great classic novel, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Over the past few weeks, we have taken the staves, as Charles Dickens called them, or the chapters, one by one, and have walked through the different ghosts of Christmas past, ghosts of Christmas present. Today being our third week, you guess it, it is the ghost of Christmas future. But what we've learned over the past three, past couple of weeks is that Ebenezer Scrooge was not a very nice guy. He's a Scrooge. That's where the term comes from. He's the kind of guy that you don't like to be around. He's the kind of guy that when you're acting a little grumpy, a little a little angry, a little pessimistic, you might be called a Scrooge. Well, Ebenezer Scrooge lived his life a certain way, and because of that, there were ramifications for himself and for the world around him. The first week we looked at his past, and and if you remember, this is what happens basically. His old partner from seven years earlier died, Marley. He was as dead as a doornail, the book says. And you've got to know this because everything that happens from here on out will mean nothing if you don't remember that. So the ghost comes to him and says, this is what's going to happen. Because of my life, because the way I led my life, my life is ruined. My afterlife is ruined. This is your one shot, Scrooge. Get it right. And so Scrooge is visited by three spirits. The first one is the ghost of Christmas past, and he takes him back to his past, and he shows him his life growing up, his early childhood years, then his teenage years, then his somewhat adult years. And then the ghost of Christmas present comes and shows him what's going on the next day, basically that Christmas. And then comes this ghost, the ghost of Christmas future. And it is this ghost, this spirit that Scrooge fears most. While he didn't want to see any of the spirits, I'm sure, as, as none of us would like to be visited in the middle of the night by a ghost, especially a giant ghost like the ghost of Christmas present. But it was this ghost that frightened him most. This last one, the ghost of Christmas yet to come, that frightened him most. Let's see what happens when he meets him.
か Charles Dickens and Rizzo the Rat are, you know, they disappear and they'll see us later in the finale, which they do if you've seen that movie. They come back. But is the battery dying? Is that what it is? Never mind. I'm loud enough. I don't need a microphone. But Scrooge is scared of him. And why is it that he is scared of him? Why is it that Scrooge is so scared of the ghost of Christmas future? Hello. I'm Maury Povich. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's so funny when I hold a mic like this. But he's so scared. Wow, that's really loud. Uh, but he's so scared of the ghost of Christmas future. Why? Because he's scared of what's going to happen. He doesn't yet know what is coming. He, doesn't, he knows the way he's lived his life. He's seen the past. He's seen the present. He knows the way he has led his life. And so what's going to come? Man, it can kind of send shivers down your spine. Not knowing what is coming not knowing what is around the next corner, especially in today's time when markets are up and down and certain sectors are faltering and, and the economy is sometimes good in areas but then sometimes bad in areas. We just heard earlier that um, the government laid off 100,000 people. I think it was 100,000 people in one person's division, in this guy's division, and now everything's piled on top of them. Merry Christmas. But we never know what's going to happen because of the, the financial markets and everything. I know, I know people that are in the financial sector that are a little uncertain and on shaky terms right now. The real estate market, the same way. We never know what's coming down the next road. You know, even in my profession, you know, pastors, you say, oh, well, you're guaranteed a job. If you turn your tithe card in, yes, but you're guaranteed a job. And, you know, you don't have to worry about those things. But, you know, the church ebbs and flows, and it comes and goes, and sometimes we are, we're on shaky grounds. And you don't know what's coming. And then you look to our personal lives and the things you have going on outside of your job and your career, and you're raising kids, and you don't know what's going to happen to them. You pray for them. You're on your knees, and God bless my child, and I want my child to succeed and do whatever they want to do and be well at it and, and all of these things. But, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to them or to her. I'm worried about her health. 
I'm worried about the medical problems that she has. I'm worried about her schooling. I'm worried about all these different things, and I don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes the future can look dark and distant. I don't know how many of you have five-year plans or ten-year plans or three-year plans. I have next week's plan. We're going up to see my parents in Granbury for Christmas. After that, I'll get back to you. I don't know. I don't know what's coming. Hopefully, by the grace of God, next Sunday I'll be here and I'll be preaching again. Don't know what I'm preaching on yet, but none of y'all are going to be here on the day before Christmas or New Year's Eve anyway. So, But what's going to happen? Scrooge was really scared about this. He was really frightened to the core of who he was. But he goes on with the ghost like he had a choice. That thing was like eight feet tall. He goes on with the ghost to see and to experience what was going to occur. And at the very end of his time with the ghost of Christmas future, they come to a graveyard. And this is what happens. shadows of things that will be, or the shadows of things that may be only. Men's actions determine certain ends, if they persist in them. But if their actions change, the ends change too. Say it is so with what you show me. He's scared. 
He's scared of what's going to come. And he's pleading with the ghost of Christmas future, please, men's actions, if I change my actions, will the end change? You know, it must be so or you wouldn't show me these things. If you remember the story and know what Scrooge has just seen, he's seen these different scenes of, of himself. He doesn't know it at the time, but himself dead. And no one cares. In fact, people are celebrating his death. Chambermaids and different people that had worked for him had pretty much just scavenged everything from his, his home and taken them to a pawn shop, essentially, to sell them. And a comment is made that the, the bed sheets are still warm. That was how quickly they scavenged him and that no one cared. A group of his colleagues from the business world said that they would attend the funeral only if lunch was provided. No one cared that he died. And so he's heartbroken by this. It's like, surely, surely there is an opportunity for me to change or you wouldn't show me this stuff. Surely, I, I, surely there's something that I can do. No. I mean, for Scrooge, he changes his life and everything's great and it's whoo, hunky-dory. But let me tell you something. There's nothing that you can do, nothing that you can do to change the ultimate outcome of your life. You're going to die. Merry Christmas. You're going to die. From the moment you're born, a little clock starts counting down to whatever your time is set for And there will be a time when you cease to exist on this earth. Boy, this is a great, wonderful, joyful Christmas message, isn't it? But here's the thing. What does Scrooge say? Is there no hope? There must be a hope if you're showing me these things. Ah. If you've got your Bibles, open up to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let me tell you about a little hope little hope that comes and we celebrate this time of year as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. All honor to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it is by His boundless mercy that God has given us the privilege of being born again. Now we live with a wonderful expectation because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. For God has reserved a priceless inheritance for His children. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond decay and change. And God in His mighty power will protect you until you receive the salvation because you are trusting Him. It will be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. If you know Jesus Christ, you have hope for what comes in the future. If you know Jesus Christ, if you accept the gift of salvation, the redeeming grace that comes with Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, then the future, who cares? I don't care what happens in the future because I know what's going to happen at the end. I know what's going to happen at the end. There might be nobody at my funeral. People might laugh at the thought of going to my funeral. People might take... All of my bed curtains, well, we don't have bed curtains, my, my sheets or whatever, and sell them at the pawn shop. They may scavenge my house and sell everything. I don't care because I will be with Jesus Christ. Because I have hope in something greater than this life. We, had, uh, we just celebrated Gracie's second birthday. 
on uh, Thursday was her birthday, and Friday we had a, a family party, and it was great to uh, just have people over and to celebrate the birth of uh, you know, our, our special, beautiful little child who looks like her mother. That's why I say beautiful, and, um, see, and she's not even here in the service, so there's some points for me. Uh, somebody tell her I said that. <clears throat> and I'm reminded every time of year, you know, it's, it, it's special to have a child born around Christmas because you, you begin to think about things a little differently in their life and their birth and, and the significance of it because you're celebrating the birth of the Savior. And, and somebody asked me last night when we went out to dinner with them, and we, we see them infrequently, but they're good friends of ours, and every time we're together, she asks me like these very pointed questions. She's like Barbara Walters and just hammers things, you know, what about this, what about that, and um, Jenna finds out more about me on the times that we're together than, you know, with those people than when we're just by ourselves. And she asked me about grace again. She always does. How are you doing with grace? Grace, my daughter, not God's grace. Because there are times in my life and times in the last two years that I've been rocky and and shaken and, and scared and mad. And I said, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Gracie's doing great. She still has many problems. She still has surgeries in her future. She's all this stuff. I don't know what's going to happen to her. I don't know where she's going to end up. I don't know what's going to occur in her life when she is here on earth. But I do know this, that one day she will be healed. That one day, one day my little Gracie will have no thing, no label attached to her name. We'll have no diagnosis. We'll have no sickness. We'll have no upcoming surgeries. We'll have nothing because she will be healed. I believe in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the hope of Jesus Christ. I believe in the power of salvation, the power of grace, the power of peace and love and mercy and joy. I know it to the very core of who I am. And I know that one day I will be healed as well from the dirtiness and sickness that dwells inside of me, I will be cleaned and healed because of that hope. So the future doesn't scare me at all. It doesn't scare me one bit. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what my career path is going to be. I don't know where Jenna and I will be in 10 years. I don't know where Gracie will be in 10 years or Corbin will be. I have plans for him to be in the NFL. That's another story, but I don't know where he's going to be. He's 22 pounds at six months, okay? He's got a shot. I don't know where they're going to be, but it doesn't matter because I have hope in something greater and more powerful and more beautiful. And that's what this season is about. It's that hope, that hope of something greater. I don't know how many of you know that. I don't know how many of you experience the, the priceless inheritance that God is keeping for you in heaven, just waiting to give it to you, just waiting, just waiting for you to come to him and say, God, I accept it. I accept it. I accept your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your love, your mercy. I want that hope to dwell inside of me. But today I just want to give you an opportunity to do it. Our prayer team's going to come up here over on this side. The, the worship team is coming back up. And, and they sing. I don't know how many of you, I know you're all on New Heights time, so most of you come in late. I don't know how many of you heard the, the first song, the Peace Carol. It is a great song. You might know it from John Denver and the Muppets. But there is a, a great verse in there that August sang. And it says, it's this, The hope that has slumbered for 2,000 years, 
A promise that silenced a thousand fears. A faith that can hollow an ocean of tears. The peace of Christmas Day. See, that hope we have, that hope that is never-ending, can silence all fears. It can put away all death, all sickness, all insecurities, all doubt, all hurt, all pain, all suffering. It puts it away. It's never-ending, never-ending hope, never-ending peace and love. And today what we want you to do is, they're going to sing the song again. And we want you just to, you know, whatever you do, how you, however you worship, I don't, I don't, who am I to judge? Close your eyes if you want to do that. Stand up, lay down, run up and down the aisles if you want to do that. That would get some people talking, but go ahead. We want you to feel the power of the Holy Spirit and to feel this part, the part of the season that is so encouraging, which is that a child has been born unto us, the Lord, the Savior, the Messiah, has come so that we might have hope we might have life. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want want to offer you that opportunity to do so today. Just turn everything over to Him. I accept it. I'm tired of this this insecurity and this uncertainty. I want that blessed assurance. Just come up to the prayer team. Pray with them. Don't be scared. If you'd like to recommit your life, if you did it so many years ago and you've fallen off the path, I did it as a kid. I went through it. I was into God and Jesus, and then, boy, I was so far away from Him. If you want to come back, come home to your Savior, it's a great day to do it. A day of celebration and peace, a day of baptism into the family of God. So as they sing, just pray. Just open yourself up to the leading of the Spirit.